Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right, with us right now, TJ Galliardi, you are the CMO and co-founder of Outcast Foods, found on the web at outcastfoods.com. So TJ, you and I were talking before we started hitting record and you're like, okay, yeah, no, this this guy's on one right here. He's We, <laughs> we share a passion about uh, the problem, the massive problem that Outcast Foods is doing some good work to solve. And I'm going to let you introduce what that problem is that you're helping to solve. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it and happy to talk about this this gigantic issue that we're trying to we're trying to solve at Outcast Foods. So, you don't have to turn very far to see images of of full crops of food going to waste yep. or, you know, groceries uh, sending away truckloads of waste that's perfectly edible um, to know that it's a, it's a gigantic issue of food waste. So what, what we've done at Outcast Foods is come up with a unique technology to dehydrate the, the fruits and vegetables that would have otherwise gone to waste for ridiculous issues like cosmetics, um, you know, misfit, ugly produce. Everyone knows about that, but yeah. best if used by dates or just errors in supply chain. So um, that's what we we've set out to tackle and uh, we're three years in and, making some good progress. I am a such a fan of this. And, you know, my other work was Savings Angel. So part of my role there was to help consumers cut their grocery bill in half. And, uh, you know, it's so rare, uh, unfortunately today, um, you know, that grocery stores don't just have everything in a, uh, you know, uh, it's like, hey, look, Here's the, you know, if you need the brand new green banana, well, here you go. And I remember, and I just don't think I see this very often. Maybe other chains are better at this, but there's, you know, there's the bananas that are perfect for baking. I remember that being a thing. And I just don't think I see that very often today or, you know, uh, uh, you know, a day old or, or uh, bakery products, um, things that are getting close to their quote unquote expiration date, <laughs> which we can talk about as well. Um, but I can tell you right now, expiration dates are kind of scammy. If you understand the reason that expiration dates exist, expiration dates have very little to do with food safety. Um, And they're not indications to the consumer. Um, what they are is they're basically just a, a you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's an inventory rotation date and so if you look at websites like Still Tasty for example you'll see that there are so many products that if it's canned or boxed or whatever it is right it's it's perfectly fine to <laughs> use well beyond the best if used by date. So, I mean, that's a whole nother issue that, that, you know, I've done, I've done TV segments about this and you want to see me get mad about something because ultimately what I know, TJ, and I'm sorry, this is your interview. I got to shut up here (laughs) is ultimately what I know is while that food is being thrown away, there are people and there are people in our communities that go hungry. And because they don't have the budget to be able to afford what they need and what they want. And so therefore, you know, it's, it's maddening that 
that, that retailers, manufacturers throwing away all this perfectly good food and people are going hungry because they can't afford to feed their family. That is a crime, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought up the banana example. And, you know, I think I think as consumers, we're quick to vilify the grocers and the major chains in, in the world. But uh, I've learned the other side of it as well. So, for example, uh, bananas, you know, a truckload of bananas is going to show up at a grocer's distribution center. The second it arrives, they're going to decide if that product is good enough to go out to all of their stores and their mm. network. If they show up and they're too yellow, they're going to show up at the stores by the time they get out there and shipped mm -hmm. out there logistically. They're going to have brown spots on them. And us as consumers, we've built this, this expectation of absolutely perfect produce. We're not yes. going to buy it. That's so right. They're just going to have to pay again to ship it off to a landfill. So I understand their side, but at the same time, you know, it is a crime that it goes to waste. So thankfully, you know, we're around now. They can call us and say, hey, guys, we got a 53-foot truck of bananas. They showed up. They're too yellow. Will you guys take them and upcycle them? So it's, uh, it's a crazy world that we live in, but we, we really have built this, this expectation of perfect. Everything has to be pristine. And if it's not, it's just going to sit on the shelf till it goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... Here's what I like about what you're, the way that you've chosen to pass along or, or or find new life in something that might otherwise just go straight to the landfill. So dehydration is a no-brainer because um, you know the the other like and I think you mentioned their product line. I don't want to I don't want to diss them, but we had a we didn't really like the experience because it. Um, it, it really didn't work. Um, by the time we got the product, um, yes, the misshapen, I'll just use that terminology, uh, you know, uh, produce products that we got, um, it, it was it was pretty messy by the time we got it. And we found that, you know, yes, were we doing something that was maybe good for the environment by using these? Yeah, but the pricing, it just really wasn't, say, it really, the savings wasn't really there. Um, and, the quality was pretty bad. So that from a consumer standpoint, like, yes, while I want to support that, it, it wasn't really a big enough win for us with that model. But that said, the dehydration model is a no-brainer because it, the shelf life, it's now you've just, I'll let you talk about the, the shelf life of a product. What, what just happened when you took it through that process? Yeah, absolutely. So when myself and my co-founder, Dr. Darren Burke, set out on this mission, it was really about finding a scalable solution. So fresh, while everyone has the ability to create what they want out of a fresh product, so um, that other company that we talked about there, they're, they're doing a great thing and they're reducing massive amounts of food waste, but at the same time, you're not extending the shelf life. So you're yeah. still dealing with a product that has a very limited shelf life. So when you dehydrate fruits and vegetables, you give them a two to three year shelf life. That's Isn't a long that amazing. Time. That's a really long time. You should be able to use that up in that period. Absolutely. So um, what we're doing is we're, we're dehydrating it. We're finding partners that want to use it in their current product already. So better for you snack companies, pet food companies, even cosmetic companies that are using these products. So dehydration has been around for eons. We're not reinventing the wheel. We've only come up with our own, our own unique energy efficient process because if you're a sustainable company, you can't just be burning energy um, to save energy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of that's our whole that's our whole ethos and our brand. 
Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the process a little bit because um, someone might say, well, wait a minute, I'm going to be losing all the nutrients, but that's not the case. So here's what here's what I know, right? So when we talk about produce, like there's this there's this image that the the best, highest quality, fullest nutrient uh, uh, version of uh, a fruit or vegetable is going to be in the produce section. According to the USDA, that's just not the case. Because if you look at what's in the frozen food section, what's canned or whatever, um, the biggest difference, I'll tell you why, uh, and I know you know this, right? But I'm kind of showing off my my savings angel geekery here. Um, So when produce is typically picked because it needs to be in a produce section on the other side of the planet, it's generally picked extremely early in the ripening season, which doesn't really allow it to get its full spectrum of nutrients because it's picked so early to get to the store shelf fresh. Products that are being sent for frozen food distribution, actually, look, there's all the incentive to let it fully ripen. So now you actually have a far superior product. The process of flash 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 chilling or flash freezing um, does very little to the composition in terms of uh, impacting its nutrient quality. So you're actually getting much healthier products when you get it in that minimally processed version, either canned, frozen, or in this case, dehydrated. Josh, I'm impressed. You know your stuff. It's uh, it's pretty good to hear. But yeah, it's it's an interesting setup, right? So that's that's a good segue into why we're working with our main inbound supplier, which is farms, because the product you're getting, you're 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 basically harvesting it at its peak. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not taking it out three weeks early, so it can sit in a shipping container and go across the ocean, or or drive across the country, or drive north from Mexico, right? So you're you're getting it at it's really it's prime time, and that gives us time to to process it. So. Um, uh, basically, we have that that leeway where we can we can know when to run it through our system. Um, we we put it through at its peak time, and then on top of that, the other thing we're dealing with here is is our dehydration process. So mm-hmm. the typical dehydration processes are uh, drum drying and spray drying, which happens a lot in China because it's cheap. Uh, but the negative of it is it's at such a high temperature that the product is degrading fast. So Mm -hmm. that's a big part of our mission is we didn't want to have this product that we're saving and have it have very minimal nutrient quality. We wanted it to be high quality and that's why we, we dehydrate it at a low thermal temperature, which maintains a high level of the nutrients. So let's go through and talk about the the pro, the Outcast products then. So if you go to outcastfoods.com, you'll see exactly what TJ is about to explain here. But can you go through and talk about the the products that are available and you know what the what the you know kind of the consumer process like how someone orders that and and what they're getting? Yeah, so that's that's good. We have we have two sides of our business. We have the B2B side, the business to business, which we sell mm. our ingredients. So that's what I was talking about before. Oh man, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and that get that lets us have a larger impact. So, you know, you're looking at multinational companies that are using tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of pounds of, of dehydrated product in their in their brands every single year. So for us, we thought, okay, we could have our own brand and make an impact and and as it grows, you know, serve a, a larger um, percentage of the food waste population, but mm. or we could sell ingredients and really find a, a way to sell to these large companies and 
essentially up our impact even more significantly. So, so we have the B2B side and that really happens from brands that are looking to, to have sustainably sourced ingredients and, and make their brands reduce food waste. And the easiest way is to, to partner with Outcast Foods. And then we have a supplement brand as well. So that, that sells directly on our website. It's in uh, thousands of retailers as well. And that's uh, what you typically expect from plant-based proteins. We have uh, five different flavors and it utilizes a lot of the upcycled fruits and vegetables that we, we run through our process. Yeah. You know, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, one opportunity to, you know, because I think there's a lot of times there's a challenge for folks to get in the nutrients that they need. Um, you know, I used to be a pretty heavy dude um, and I lost a lot of weight just simply by investing more into um, more produce centric meals, right? So certainly less on the simple carbs and the sugars and stuff. But the biggest thing was just, I wanted more fiber. I wanted more vitamins and, you know, from whole foods. And one of those things I would, you know, I would do a lot of green smoothies. Um, and man, I felt so great. You know, we were able to, you know, give this to our kids. So, you know, if you got dehydrated, you know, food, that's like, it's that original, you know, it's that source material. And now you look at just the, the amount of nutrition that you or your kids, your family can now get because you're eating this when they want a snack rather than, and it's delicious, right? You can make green smoothies. You can make, it could be super green. Like you could throw like, you know, a, a bag of kale in there and you believe it or not, you can make it tasty uh, if you, you know, make sure you supplement it with the right thing. So it's just, it's a very efficient way for consumers to get the nutrition that they want. Yeah, it's extremely it's extremely convenient. It's so simple. You put a scoop of it in with mixed with water, you can mix it with frozen fruit, whatever you want, and it tastes delicious and it's very healthy. So, um, it's it's really a hack in order to give yourself more nutrients in the day. Mm, yeah, I love it. So, um tell me about the history of this. Like how did this get put together? Yeah. So uh, I always like to say that I'm not a, a food scientist or an engineer. I used to be a professional hockey player. I, I played in uh, the NHL for seven years and played. No overseas. kidding. Yeah. How about that? Played overseas. Now you, for you may have, forgive me. I'm not a big hockey fan. So uh, <laughs> if I didn't know that ahead of time, you know, <laughs> no sorry problem. about that. Not to bruise your ego or anything. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I love what I'm doing now. And uh, that's that's my past, but that that was where I met my co-founder uh, Darren Burke. He he had been selling supplements to pretty much every professional team. He had he had created a brand and um, grew that from a fifty thousand dollar line of credit to over twenty million in revenue. So it was one of the top three supplement companies in Canada. And um, he had a successful exit, and my hockey career was winding down. And the two of us. Uh, both are plant-based and wanted to start a business together. And food waste was the thing that we wanted to try to tackle. And here mm. we are three years later. Man, I love it. I love it. All right. So what's the future now for, for Outcast Foods? Yeah. So we just closed our, our Series A financing. We raised $10 million. And, Good for uh, you. Yeah, who, thanks. Who was, it, who was it that got in on that? And I would imagine, I, at least I hope, like mission was a big part of like what they saw. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, we have two venture capital firms that invested. One is uh, District Ventures uh, Capital, which is out of Calgary, uh, where mm. my hometown is. And the other is uh, BDC, which is Business Development Canada. They have a clean tech practice. So oh, um, yeah, they helped us close our, our Series A. And 
we're actually in the process of building a 46,000 square foot facility, a uh, processing facility in Southern Ontario, just out, outside. Oh my gosh. And that'll, that'll uh, process a million and a half pounds of product every single month. So oh. starting to make a big impact on the food waste world. No kidding. And so, you know, naturally, so I'm down here in Orlando, Florida, and Calgary's a little bit away from, so I'm, I'm interested, you know, in terms of like impact, you know, this is probably, you know, uh, you know, something that can be replicated. I don't know if you need one hub for, well, I guess you could, you can. You know, you know, if it's, we're talking dehydration, we've got, you know, a two year shelf life on this. Sure, you could do everything in one location. So now it's just a, a distribution game to the rest of the world. Yeah, our plan is expansion. And that's really just to, to cut down on logistics because, you know, you don't want to be running trucks all over the country to bring sure. you product. So for us, it's about being as close to the waste as possible. But frankly, you could drop a pin really anywhere on the globe mm. and have a business case for a facility. That's how much food waste there is. So we yep. have plans to expand and get into the U.S. where there's a uh, hundred times more waste than there is in Canada. Mm, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. This is so exciting. And, you know, when we think about food tech, right, it, it's, I don't think people understand just how much technology and just how much evolution has taken place. I mean, going back to Norman Borlaug that, you know, it's, it's like, th this is an area, like, if you look at the history of food production and distribution, it is like, it's, um, it's what was it Moore's law, right? It's like the, this exponential growth in um, production and um, quality and improvement uh, in, in making sure that we can feed the planet and do so sustainably. There's so much exciting. There's so many exciting things that have happened over the past several decades and there's no slowdown. And it's things like this that are a part of this, I think are just really exciting. So TJ, man, thank you so much for, you know, taking this idea and like, what if, you know, what if we could do this? And, and this is really exciting. So congratulations on the funding, um, you know, again, outcastfoods.com. Um, what about retailers? So for consumers that want to buy outcast products, um, can, do they, is it, it's more than just buying it at the website, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's sold pretty much everywhere in Canada. We're just launching into the U.S. this summer. So you'll be able to find us at Sprouts and a few other big retailers. And um, yeah, it starts with awareness, right? So uh, really appreciate you having me on and letting us spread the word about food waste and about Oak House Foods. Fantastic. All right, TJ Galliardi. Again, the website, outcastfoods.com. You're the uh, the CMO and co-founder. Thank you so much, TJ, for, uh, for sharing this and allowing me to further uh, geek out on this subject <laughs> because it's one that I'm just, as you can tell, uh, my audience is like, man, Josh is really on one on this one. <laughs> but it's the subject I care about so passionately. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.